Today, I'd like to talk about workplace relationships, platonic relationships, and the idea of whether you can be friends with the people that you work with. Now, maybe this is me being jaded, but my shorthand answer to that is no. You know, I don't think that people you work with are your friends. I don't think that it's really in the most circumstances, you know, in the typical office, in the typical workplace in the UK, that you really can form real friendships with people that are not going to compromise you in the long term. And I'm going to explain a little bit why. I think to start this this discussion, a couple of things might be useful to define. And firstly, that is what is a friend. And secondly, you know, the nature of the workplace environment and the nature of workplace relationships. So, you know, friendships, slice them however you want. But for, for the most part, people consider friends people you can basically trust with your inner thoughts and feelings. I mean, there's, of course, different categories of friends, you know. You can have workplace friends, you can have um, going out friends, you can have friends' friends. But in this case, we're talking about friends' friends, like the kind of person who you're upset and you're going to call and you're going to tell them about your feelings or the kind of person where if you find out your, your partner is cheating on you, they're the first person you want to tell and you want to investigate that with them. Or they're the kind of person where when things go wrong, you're not embarrassed to tell them that things are going wrong. And then also that the people who you can be most yourself with, where you can be silly with them and they don't start to disrespect you. You can be emotionally vulnerable with them and they don't sort of make you feel bad for that. And also you just, you implicitly like them, you implicitly trust them. And most importantly, you both are there because you want to be there. You know, it's not because of circumstances it's not because you go to school together you are friends because you choose to be friends you make an effort to be friends you make an effort to speak with one another you make an effort to see each other and you enjoy each other's company now that being said let's go onto the nature of workplace relationships now i've had the experience where i was going to go get coffee in like in an office that i worked at and it's a kind of office where people greet each other when they see each other. So you see somebody, you say, oh, good morning. You say, good afternoon. Or you say, hi. You generally, you know, show warmth and you acknowledge them in some way. So I was going into the kitchen to get myself a cup of coffee. And this woman was walking directly towards me. Now, I had seen her maybe a couple times beforehand. But like everybody else, I said, hello. She said, hello. I said, hello. She smiled at me. And I smiled at her as well warmly. And then I... As she walked past me, something my spirit told me to turn around. So I turn around, and this is probably like three seconds flat after I've said, not even three seconds. It's literally like a snap of a finger that I, immediately after she passes me is when I turned around. So anyway, I turn around, and I see that she didn't even maintain the smile for the time it took for her to pass to, to pass by me. So literally after a second of her upturning her face, smiling at me in a way where I thought it was really warm, she had already, she had already gone back to sort of a, a, a plain face or a neutral face, you know? And why do I bring that up? I bring that up because the nature of the workplace environment is that you can't really be yourself. You know, for the most part, you can't be yourself. I mean, there are some people who we generally accept that it's true that we can't be ourselves around. So, you know, you're not going to necessarily go in after a heavy weekend of partying and tell your manager, oh, I'm hungover. Or tell your manager that, you know, sometimes you struggle with getting your work done on time. Or, you know, say things to your manager that basically makes you look bad. You have to have a level of a level of a workplace persona where you're communicating to your 
boss or manager that you're competent, you're professional, you know, you're basically somebody to be trusted and hopefully somebody to be promoted. And if you start telling them about all your other shortcomings, obviously we know that that's going to impact you in the long run when it comes to promotion or even just how they view you and the respect that they have for you. So it's a generally accepted principle that when it comes to the relationships you have with your boss, it will always have a level of facade to it, you know, and the reverse is also true for them. You know, they're not going to go to their subordinates, you know, at least good managers are, are not, they're not going to go to their subordinates and say, you know, guess what I did over the weekend? I was smashed, you know, or I don't know what's going on (laughs) at work, or, you know, I'm actually quite behind in work, or I'm actually not as qualified as I should be for this role. They're not going to bring their full self to you because it's going to affect the nature of your relationships if you don't trust that person. So in that relationship, we accept that there's a level of facade that that takes place on both sides. And I think for the most part, we're pretty, where I think we're pretty okay with it. Now, I would argue that when it comes to like work colleagues, that's also what's going on. So in the example where I said, you know, you greet people and you smile at them and then two seconds later, you know, you're literally back to thinking your own thoughts and you're back to sort of having um, a neutral or unfriendly face. That's a micro example or a microcosm of how we actually are all are. So I'll give you another example. Like, Somebody does something to upset you at work. Maybe they didn't deliver something they said they would deliver. Maybe they delivered that piece of work um, late and that has impacted you negatively. Or maybe they have undermined your authority in some way. So it comes to a point where you, you have to send an email. And when you send that email, you're not honest or you're not barefaced about how you feel. You don't say, listen, this upset me because... It upset me that you didn't deliver the work that you said you were going to deliver, or you've really put me in a difficult position because now my own work, my my own work is is suffering because you're late, or you actually are undermining me when you go and ask questions to my manager instead of asking me directly. Whatever it is, you never say what you mean. You have to basically say it in office speak. You know, you'll say, "I hope this email finds you well," even though you couldn't give an egg. You will say, um, "You know, thanks for that email," even though you're really thinking, "I wish you hadn't sent that email." And then when you go on to tell them what the problem is, you will couch what you say in all kinds of pleasantries and mild language. So you'll say, you know, um, I understand the work wasn't delivered at that day, but of course it was very busy at the office. I'd really appreciate it if I could get it from you, you know, at your earliest convenience. And you know, translated, that means I want the work ASAP, man. Like, what are you playing at? You're you're late. But you don't say that. And I think it's also true in other interactions as well. There aren't negative. So even when, even when you ask people about, you know, their weekend, I, I personally don't think most people are telling you the truth. I don't think they're telling you or disclosing the negative things that, that have happened in their lives that weekend. So, you know, it can be a coincidence that whenever you ask somebody how their weekend was, the answer is always, yeah, it was a really good weekend. And they tell you some, some pleasant thing they did. It's never like my weekend was a complete disaster. I had an existential crisis. You know, I'm in financial trouble. My partner is cheating on me. Um, I, my mother is, is visiting for the, you never, you never tell them the full truth. They never tell you the full truth. They tell you, you know, I went to cinema, I went to see a theater show, I went, you know, I was away for the weekend. They tell you something pleasant, but it's always within a very well-defined margin of like pleasant. And even when the even when they disclose things that aren't so pleasant, again, it's not in the way that a friend who has nothing to lose by disclosing things to you would say. 
Now, why is this important? It's important because it's saying that in, in the way that we communicate by email, in the way that we communicate face-to-face, in the way that we interact with people at work, we know that they are wearing a certain facade. There's a certain facade in, in, in front of whatever they tell you, you know? They're not bringing their full selves to work because they understand that how they perceived is very important. So you need to be perceived in a professional way. People need to have information on you that highlights your best qualities and doesn't diminish the respect they have for you as a professional working person. So if that is the context, if the context is we are all basically wearing some level of mask at work, we are all not really telling people at work all our business because it's it's unwise to do so. Even, even the oversharers, even people who go into work and they say, they talk about who they slept with that weekend, they talk about being hammered that weekend, I guarantee you that even those people who are oversharers to an unprofessional level, even they hold certain things back because even they know that there are some things that they cannot say, that they do not say. So everybody is wearing a mask to a certain extent. Now, knowing that everybody's wearing a mask to a certain extent obviously changes or shifts the the calculus of how you should behave at work because it would be one thing if everybody's bringing their full selves and they're disclosing who they are and they are telling you the best bits and the worst bits of their lives, then yeah, of course it makes sense because everybody has the same level of have say, has the same level of exposure, shall we say. We all have the same level of things at risk. So there's no way that you can hold something against me. For example, if you know that I go out and I get smashed or sometimes I'm late handing in my work or I fall behind. If I know those things about you as well, there's nothing you can use against me. So we're all equally exposed. However, given that we're not all equally exposed because we're not all saying the same thing, so then obviously wisdom would dictate that we ourselves have to be self pre- self-preserving. So then the natural question becomes, well, what does self-preservation look like or what is the appropriate level of information to disclose? Because again, you don't want to be the kind of person who doesn't disclose absolutely anything about yourself. So I was talking to my sister the other day, actually, and she was recounting a story about this guy who she used to work with, who everybody in the office felt there was something off about him. And it's not that he, you know, was looking at them funny or was like secretive with what he did or really this was just some guy being professional, really, truth be told. He was some guy who came to work, did his job, didn't tell anybody about his personal life, finished his work appropriately and properly and then went home. But for some reason, because people didn't know anything about him, they became suspicious of him. And I think that's pretty typical of most situations and most interactions. Nobody feels comfortable with with somebody who they know absolutely nothing about. I have had this same experience not in a work setting, but in a personal setting where I was friends with somebody for, you know, probably casual friends for probably over a year. And one day I stopped to think about it and I realized I knew nothing about him. I couldn't tell you anything about his family. I didn't know how many siblings he had. I didn't even know where he lived. I didn't know what he did for a living. I didn't know who his other friends were. I didn't know anything personal or intimate about this person. And you know, I'm the kind of person who, you know, I'm, 
I'm private, but when I like somebody, when I'm friends with somebody, I really am a semi-open book, shall we say. So he had been to my home here and also where my parents lived. He had met my siblings. You know, he had met my partner. He knew where I was from. He knew what I did for a living. He knew my likes. He knew the things that I did on the weekend. He had a lot of information about me, you know, and he'd stayed, as I said, he'd stayed with um, with my family one time when we were traveling together. So at when I stopped to think about what I knew about this person, I realized I don't know that person like you know this person could disappear today and the police could come and interview me trying to investigate trying to find out where this person is and they would ask me all these questions and I would look strange because I would know that I would not know anything about that person and then when I thought about it further I thought to myself well is it something that I have done because maybe I haven't been curious about him maybe I haven't been the best conversationalist maybe I wasn't a good friend maybe he felt like I couldn't trust him but you know being fair to myself, I realized I had, I had opened myself to him. So I had opened my home, my family's home, my family to him, my friends to him. And the natural response when people open up to you is usually that you reciprocate in kind. So usually when a friend offers, you know, uh, invites you over to dinner a couple of times, usually social norms dictate that you at some point say, oh, you know, I would love to have you over for dinner. Or if they tell you things about their personal life, usually the social etiquette or the or the normal social impulse is to tell the other person things about yourself as well. So when I thought about the relationship, I thought it was so strange that I didn't know anything about them. And when I thought about it, it wasn't because I had been secretive myself or that I had been I hadn't been open with them or I hadn't told them about about myself. It was because for some reason that I don't know why, maybe it's because they didn't trust me, maybe it's because they didn't like me, maybe it's because they were just it had nothing to do with me, maybe they were just a very very private person. But whatever the reason was, it may it, it left me feeling shaken to some extent. It let me it, it left me feeling as though I couldn't trust that person because to me, what it said was that person did not trust me. But given that I had been so open with them in terms of, you know, my life, I thought, why would you not trust me enough to even tell me the most basic things about yourself? So I ended up ending that relationship because at the end of the day, I thought to myself, after a year and a half or so worth of friendship in which we had traveled together, in which you had been to my family home, you'd been in my life, you knew my partner, you knew my friends. The fact that you still could not tell me things or chose not to tell me things, to me, that was a massive red flag. I couldn't quite put my finger on what it was, but for me, it made me feel unsafe. Now, going back to the workplace dilemma, to a lesser extent, that's what people feel like when they know nothing about you. So if you're working with somebody like my sister did in which nobody knows anything about you, they couldn't tell you your likes. They don't know. They have never heard you laugh. They have never heard you talk about a partner. They've never talked, heard you talk about siblings. They have never talked about, heard you talk about things that you like or dislike. They, you're basically an enigma. You're a professional person. You know, you show up on time, you leave on time, you do your work, but you're an enigma to them. They don't know you. That creates in people a sense of unease for the same reasons that I just described in my in my personal relationship with that friend. It creates an unease in people because the natural question is, why don't I know anything about this person when they know things about me? And also maybe the more skeptical minds or the more suspicious minds think, what are they hiding from me? What is it about their lives that they don't want me to know that I don't even know like little things about what they do for live, what they do, sorry, over the weekend or what they, what their living situation is like, you know, like do they live with a partner. Do they, do they live with siblings? Do they live with, with, with parents? 
it becomes a big question mark, you know? And as time goes by, as time goes by, the longer you are in that situation and people still know nothing about you, the more you become a person who is not trusted. And I think what's really scary about this dynamic actually is because as I was describing before, the nature of the workplace is that we don't often say what we mean. So you could work with somebody for five years and really not truly know what they think about you because again the workplace etiquette is that you basically suppress any extreme emotions and you only show them the feelings or the emotions in the center so nobody you know when people have outbursts where they're angry usually it's inappropriate when people are overly emotional it's inappropriate the right or appropriate responses are usually the central sort of non-extreme emotions. So when people think negative things about you as well, they will not for the most part tell you. You might sense it in them. You might sense an unease or a, a difference in how they treat you compared to other colleagues, but they will never say to you, listen, I know nothing about you and that creeps me out. Or I think that you are suspicious because you never want to disclose any information, big or small, about yourself. That you are the odd one out in this in this workplace environment because nobody knows anything about you. That's what they're thinking and that's what they're feeling, but they are never going to say that to you. And when it comes, why that's a bad thing apart from just they're going to interact with you in a way that's not warm, it's bad for your progression as well because nobody's going to promote somebody who they don't know and therefore cannot like because they don't know, you know? And also, they're not going to tell you, you know, so your work colleagues aren't going to tell you because that's just not the etiquette. But your boss is also not going to tell you that because ultimately, they can't tell you things that are outside the professional sphere, you know? They can criticize you, for example, on not delivering good work, but they can't say to you, you know, you haven't disclosed information about yourself and that has sort of alienated other people in the workplace and they feel like they're not close to you and therefore they feel like you're not one of them, therefore they feel like you're not a team player and therefore I can't really promote you, uh, you know, especially when there are other people in the office who are well-liked because people know something about them. They're not going to say that to you. So it's actually a very dangerous situation to be in. So then the question then becomes, you know, what do you do about it? Like you don't want to come across shady or secretive or or suspicious. So you have to you have to do something about it. Now, if you're the kind of person like me who is, like I said, a semi semi open person. So I'm not the kind of person who is going to disclose everything about my life when I've met you, you know, two, three, four, five times. But, you know, once I've known you, you know, a few months and I sense that you're a safe person and I like you and, you know, I feel comfortable with you, then I will say some things to you. But again, it's obviously context specific. So the way that I would interact with a new friend is very different to how I would interact with a work colleague. Now, if you are somebody who is private at work and for whatever reason, because at the end of the day, these people don't actually deserve this information. So you're not giving them the information because they deserve this information. You're not giving them information because they are nice people. You're not giving them information because you trust those people. You're giving them information because it's it's for your own benefit in the long run. You don't want to be an unknown quantity in an office where everybody else is known and where everybody else has a level of closeness that comes from disclosing things or knowing things about people. So you're telling them this information maybe against your your own natural instincts. So if you're a personal person or a private person, then you, in an ideal scenario, want to go into the workplace, do your hours and leave. Or you want to work overtime as well. But regardless, you want to keep it strictly professional. So in that case, if you're that kind of person who wants to keep it professional and wants to keep it private, then the solution is to, 
is to one, disclose information to them that seems personal, but actually isn't. So an example of this is they, you know, it's, it's Monday morning and you're having the regular chit chat. What did you get up to this weekend? So you don't want to say not much as you might typically do. You want to give them, you know, throw them a bone, say something like, oh, me and my friend uh, went to the cinema, we saw this film. And obviously, look up the film or know something about the film before you you throw that out there. Or let's say you went for a walk. Just say, you know, me and my friend went for a walk or me and my partner went for a walk, whatever. You've given them something about yourself where they can imagine what you do on the weekend. Oh, on the weekend, they like to go for a walk. Or on the weekend, they like to go to the cinema. Even though this piece of information seems trivial, it's still... It's still something they can pin on you. You know, that person's an active person that like that person likes cinema. That person, I know something about them. I know, especially if they are not used to getting any information from you, then this information seems much more meaningful because again, they have nothing, they've had nothing before. So another thing to bear in mind as well is, you know, you're going to be telling them like little bits and pieces about yourself about what you did what you've been up to but all these bits and pieces should always be positive of course so you don't want to tell them about negative things because again you know you're thinking what are they going to do with this information why do they need this information why are you passing on negative information about your workplace colleagues because at the end of the day you have to remember that and not in a mean way, but they don't care, you know, like for the most part, when people leave work, apart from how somebody impacted your day or what they did to annoy you or irritate you, you're not really thinking about your work colleagues problems. You know, you're not going home and spending hours, you know, thinking about how that person's having marital problems or thinking about how they're having financial issues or thinking about how they're having issues at work about their lack of progression and trying to think of ways to help them. You're, You're probably just thinking about you. You're probably just thinking about your life. You're probably thinking about what you're doing with your family or your partner or what you're doing at work. You're self-focused. And the reverse is also true. They are also self-focused. And it's not a bad thing. It's a na- it's, it's a natural thing. We're all thinking about our own lives when we're not with other people, obviously. So in the context of that, then, it doesn't really make sense to divulge intimate, negative potentially sensitive information about you because again that information is going into is being received by somebody who likes you in the work context they have to work with you because you all work in the same workplace but they didn't choose to be there with you you didn't choose to be friends you are not friends you didn't choose each other to be friends there's no friendship here there's only there's only basically being colleagues being collegiate with one another so when you're disclosing intimate information especially intimate negative or vulnerable or sensitive information it's 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 basically just fodder for somebody's ear so I personally don't like to disclose information about myself unless the person is going to be able to offer me some comfort or some help or it's going to be beneficial in some way and also importantly they care so knowing that my work colleagues and not in a malicious or bad way they they don't care about me they like me you know they wish me well in the in the sense that we wish all other human beings well but they're not really going home and agonizing about my problems so i'm not going to disclose anything negative or anything vulnerable or anything overly intimate or sensitive so again that applies to the private person who knows they have to tell people something about themselves at work they're going to say things but they're going to say lighthearted positive things and if they are negative things they're lighthearted low level negative things like maybe i'm not feeling well or I was having car troubles and I spent all day the mechanics, you know, that level of low level things. And then the nothing 
the the third thing is when you're passing on these tidbits that you have to pass on to people also remember again that you're not passing on anything that makes you bad in any way i don't care how low level it is because like you know when things are going well people's positive feelings about you are amplified so when it costs them nothing and they like you and you know there's no tension or problems in your relationship whatsoever then they think like the good feelings they have towards you are amplified so let's say they see you coming in on time all the time they'll think wow you know that person is so punctual or you know they see that you eat a healthy lunch they'll say wow you know that person is so healthy they really care about their health even if you know you eat like trash most of the time they just they see you they see a micro they see a small slither of the things that you do and because they've got positive feelings about you they amplify that the reverse is also true so god forbid there there comes a situation there comes to a scenario in or a time in your relationship in which I don't know, maybe you didn't deliver work to them on time. Maybe they're a bit jealous because the boss likes you more. Maybe they're a bit jealous because you have more friends at work. Or maybe you interrupted them when they were telling a story. Or maybe people didn't respond positively to, you know, to a piece of work they delivered and they blame you in some way for that. It could be the slightest thing. But when people's egos are slighted at work, again, because they can't express themselves fully, they can't say, hey, listen, it really upset me when you interrupted me when I was telling that story. Or, hey, I didn't appreciate you asking me that question in front of my boss because now it makes me look bad. Or, hey, I didn't appreciate that you took like seven days to respond to my email, even though, you know, I really needed that email to respond to be responded to very quickly. It could be the most minor things that bruise people's egos, but they're not going to tell you those things again or tell you in a way in the way that that it has actually affected them because they know that that's not appropriate in the work context so basically you're you're sort of walking around being frenemies with everybody that you're working with so when you pass on negative things to people there may there may come a time when that person starts to feel negatively about you so then you might have told them about how how you were drunk one weekend and that might have been literally the only time you were drunk that weekend and the only time you've been hung over in weeks or months or even years and they will retain that information and use that information against you so they will think in their head they'll think and she's an alcoholic and she's a junkie and she's always out clubbing or let's say you're packing a few pounds and they see you getting an unhealthy meal because now they feel negatively about you they'll say and she's so unhealthy and you know in those circumstances they're not things that directly have to do with your work but it can also end up translating into your work situ into your work into your work life as well so for example let's say you know at a moment when you thought you were closer than you actually were you told them that you know you don't prepare for monday morning meetings so you do that on the train they have that information about you that you are unprepared unorganized and even if before they never had the impression that you were unorganized because even though you prepare on the train on the way to work the work is always done and you're a good speaker and so people don't know any better now they have that information about you or let's say let's say you told them that you you were having slight financial difficulties then they have that lens through you so when it comes to money at work let's say a fiver goes missing at work or 10 pounds goes missing at work from you know from the chocolate you know sometimes people have like a chocolate stash or snack stash that people put in you know a couple of pounds each when you buy biscuits or or chocolate for the office you know, somebody misplaces that and they can't find where that stash is. And then the person you told about your financial difficulties that have nothing to do with this, suddenly 
in their mind is this little idea that maybe you took the money. Maybe you're low on cash and you might have like slipped it into your pocket. And God forbid they pass on that information that or, or that thought to somebody else. And then suddenly people are thinking that you're the kind of person that would steal a fiver from the chocolate stash or from the, or from the uh, snack budget, you know? So minor seemingly inconsequential information suddenly ends up being used against you. And again, in the person's mind, you know, it's not that they actually believe that you did that. It's because they have negative emotions towards you and that's being amplified in that moment. And they're basically using a, a, a thought that is still plausibly deniable. Or they could argue, you know, if you ever confronted that maybe I thought it might be you because, you know, you told me that they were you were having financial difficulties. They don't believe that in the moment, but it's, you know, they still have plausible deniability basically. And that's a, that's a small example of how people can end up retaining information and using that information against you. So again, when you pass on information, there's no point in saying things that could come back to hurt you or harm you in the long run. Because especially with rumors like that, rumors like you being potentially a thief or you being unprofessional in some way, they're the kind of rumors that tend to stick where people will whisper, you know, behind your back. And before you know it, it ends up forming your character, you know, on on the one hand, you're showing up to work every day, doing what you're supposed to be doing. But little do you know that the little negative tidbits that you're telling people about yourself or telling a specific person who who doesn't keep it to themselves is undermining what you do during the day, you know? And you find yourself asking, why do, do people have sort of a low... Uh, hold me in low regard or low esteem, not realizing that actually you are the root cause of your own downfall. And that leads us neatly into using discernment to decide who you should tell things to and what you should tell things to, and specifically the kinds of people you shouldn't really be disclosing information to. Now, the first person, the first kind of person you shouldn't be disclosing information to is people who are just a bit too keen to know you, you know? I don't know if you've had this experience where, you know, you, you start a new job and people are generally friendly because you're new and because, you know, that's just the workplace etiquette. But there's like one person who's just a bit too keen. You know, they... They want to spend lunch with you. You know, they've saddled up to you before they know even anything about you. They seem too keen and too eager to be your friend, you know? And the reason why this feels strange is it's strange because everybody else hasn't behaved that way. So everybody else has demonstrated the level of professional friendliness that is appropriate for that dynamic. So when somebody goes into work or for the work for the for the first time, of course you're going to be friendly to them. Of course you're going to be welcoming. You might see them struggling to find somewhere and say, "Oh, listen, you know, if you if you find if you find it difficult getting anything done or knowing where things are, just let me know, give me a shot and I'll help you out." That's a normal level of friendliness. But the kind of person who who wants to have lunch with you straight away, who wants to be with you all the time, who's saying sit next to me, who just is doing too much for the level of relationship that you have is the kind of person you should be cautious about. Because again, you know, why isn't this person treating you like the stranger that you are? You know, that's my sister's favorite expression. Treat me like the stranger that I am. So you don't know anything about me. I have done nothing to earn your friendship. You know, you're being overly friendly in a way that stands out against the friendliness of other people. Maybe you're just a very, very nice person, but my spirit tells me that there's something more to this. It's not just that you're being nice or kind. It's that there's actually something else going on. Now, what's going on could be any number of things. My usual, I mean, my 
usual thought when somebody's being this way is I sometimes think that they have alienated the relationships they have in the workplace and basically you are fresh meat. So that so for one reason or another, maybe they're a gossip and they've been caught. Maybe they're not that pleasant to talk to. Maybe they're not that nice actually once you get to know them. Maybe they're the kind of person who likes to collect information you know, about you, but they don't necessarily like you that much. Whatever it is, it might be that the the people who have worked with them for a longer period of time have come to know that their friendliness is not all it seems and that, that their friendliness is basically not trustworthy. You know, otherwise, you would see other people responding to them in kind as well. So the natural response is when somebody's friendly to you, you are friendly to them. So if you see that the workplace, that the other colleagues in the workplace treat them not maybe not with disdain because again i think that's quite blatant and too obvious for most workplaces but you generally sense a coolness that they treat them with that is disproportionate to the friendliness that they show then that's a big red flag so when they cozy up to you and you're new in the workplace and they're not treating you like the stranger that that you are they're not being proportional in their approach to you, then that's the kind of person you should definitely be wary about telling too much too too soon because you need time to work out what it is about them that's making you feel like this is not normal behavior or this is not typical behavior. It might be benign. It might be that maybe they like you for whatever reason. Maybe you remind them of their of their best friend or maybe you're the first woman they've worked with and they're super keen to be close because they work in all-male environments or maybe because you're young and everybody they work with is older and it's nice to you know, have a younger friend to hang out with at work and to talk about work problems with. It could be a benign reason, but it could also be a negative it could also be a negative motivation, specifically if the people around them at work don't seem to treat them with the level of warmth you would expect from somebody who is very, very friendly. The second kind of person not to disclose information to is the kind of person who asks invasive questions. So they've known you for five seconds or they know you they know you only in a professional setting, you know, you haven't had intimate chats before, you haven't gone for drinks, you haven't gone for dinner, and they're already asking you invasive questions like, how much money do you get paid? Or how much money does your partner make? Or what kind of house you live in? Or where did you grow up? What did your parents do? What did your family do? Invasive questions that are disproportionate to the level of relationship that you have. That's a red flag because it signifies a couple of things. It might signify that the person has poor social skills, so they're not self-aware enough to realize what's appropriate to talk about and not talk about. And that's not really the kind of person you want to be telling information to because if they can't even discern that that's inappropriate, that's an inappropriate line of questioning for somebody they don't know well, then it's very possible that they will not realize that certain information you tell people is not to be passed on. So maybe they're the kind of person who they're invasive with you and they also disclose too much to people as well. Specifically, they disclose too much information about you to people. And then the second reason this person might be invasive is that they might be trying to collect information about you to try and form a view of you in a way that goes beyond just sort of natural curiosity that you have with somebody that you know that you are trying to know. So if I'm trying to know you, I don't need to know intimate information 
about you very very soon i don't need to know how much you make i don't need to know how much your partner makes i don't need to know what kind of house you live in i don't need to know invasive questions like that because again time reveals all things and people especially in the workplace tend to tread carefully because again you're in a workplace setting you're trying to work out what's appropriate to talk about you're trying to work out what kind of person they are so that normal typical behavior is for people to ask small questions and to basically allow the other person to lead to what to lead in in what they disclose to you and what kind of information they give to you you know so usually when you ask somebody you know what did you do for the weekend when they say oh not much you know the subtext is they probably don't want to tell you anymore because when you say what have you done for what did you get up to this weekend and the person just says oh not much well if they wanted to tell you more more information, they would have. And the fact that they didn't tell you tells you they don't want to tell you more information. So the normal behavior in that circumstance, it's basically to leave to to leave it be, to let it go. But the person who is overly interested in you or overly curious in you will will basically not see those subtle social cues. So you will say, Oh, not much, or oh, um, I just I just hung out with my friend. And leave it at that. And that won't satisfy them because, again, they're trying to dig for more information than you are willing to give for whatever reason. Now, I think maybe it's probably unfair to always assume the worst and think that they're, you know, prying for this information because they're, they plan to use it against you in some way or it's for some nefarious reason. But the, 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 the truth of the matter is you don't know. And if you don't know, it's safer to assume the worst because that means you are able to protect yourself, whereas when you assume that it's for benign reasons, then when, when, if it does end up being for nefarious or negative or bad reasons, then obviously it's too late to go back and take back what you said. So in the, in the context of not knowing why they're asking so many invest, invasive questions, but you know and you sense and you feel that the level of interest they have in you is disproportionate, then red flag, 100%. It's, it's better to slow down with that person. And again, go back to giving them information that seems like it's personal information, but actually is trivial. You know, Tell them information that can never be used against you anyway even if they chose to use that information against you type of person you should not tell information to or not disclose intimate information or private information to is the kind of person who tells you absolutely nothing about themselves so coming full circle so if you've worked with somebody for some time now and you've gone to the stage where maybe you've worked with them for a year or six months or two years whatever the amount of time is where you feel like you should know something about them and you still know nothing about them you don't know if they've got a partner if they've got a spouse you don't know where they live you don't know how many siblings they have you don't know what they like to do in the weekend you don't know anything about this person this person is an unknown quantity they're literally an enigma they have disclosed not even the most minor of information about them then you should be very, very cautious to that person because the question becomes, why have they disclosed absolutely nothing? Because when you've worked with somebody for a number of time, for a period of time, it's actually pretty natural that you'll end up knowing little things about them. So, you know, they'll ask you what you did for the weekend and you'll tell them you went cycling with your partner. So the information you disclose is that you like cycling and you've got a partner. You know, you've collected pieces of information. Or, or let's say they say you're on annual leave and you come back and they ask you, oh, what did you get up to for the, for annual leave? Did you have a good time? And you say, oh yeah, it was really nice. I visited my friend, my, my family in Ireland and you know we went we went hiking for a few days. So we went camping for a few days. Oh okay, the information you disclose is I've got family in Ireland. You know they like to go hiking. You know probably have 
you know, siblings or, or parents are still together, whatever. Whenever you disclose even low level pieces of information, people are still able to extract some information that gives you, that gives them an indication about who you are, what you like, what your life might look like, even if it's at, at a, at a minor level. So when you've worked with somebody for a long time and you couldn't even tell them, you couldn't even tell somebody you can tell somebody any of these things about them. You don't know anything about them really beyond the fact that they work with you and they, they've worked with you for a number of time and you only know things about them in a work context. That's something to tread very carefully around because I mean, it might be that they're a very, very personal person, but even the most personal private person tends to tell you a little bit of something that allows you to sort of categorize them, you know, like, they like to go to the cinema, like I said earlier, or they like to go hiking, or they've got a partner. So when you know absolutely nothing and some time has passed, that is somebody who is willfully and intentionally choosing not to tell you anything about themselves. And then the question then becomes, why is it that they don't want to tell you anything about themselves? It might be, an, uh, it might be a benign reason. It might actually be that maybe they're gay and they're not out. And if they tell you things about themselves, then it would give you an indication that they're a gay person. So, you know, I've definitely had that experience where you have to sort of dance around what you, what you did, because if you reveal too much and the person will know when you're not ready to be out, or let's say the person is going through a difficult position, right? situation right now, maybe they're experiencing homelessness and they're couch surfing and they're not in their own environment, they're not at home. So when you ask them, what did you get up to? They can't tell you what they got up to because what they got up to is probably not much or it'll reveal too much information about them that puts them in, a, in an exposed or vulnerable situation. That's different. But ultimately, you don't know what the motivation is. And it might be, because they don't trust you equally. It might be because they don't trust you, they don't wanna tell you anything about them that might be used against them, or they fear so much being themselves because themselves is bad or problematic or you might take issue with who they are, that the safest thing for them is to basically walk the straight, the straight narrow line where they tell you nothing about them. So again, you don't know what the reason is, but in the face of you not knowing, of course, a natural or the wise response is for you to be, to exercise wisdom in that situation and treat them the way they are treating you as well. You know, after you've tried to extend the olive branch a couple of times and you've asked them polite, but non-invasive questions, and they've still given you absolutely nothing. They have told you they do not want a relationship with you. They do not want to tell you anything about them. And that means that you also should respond the same way because they're telling you that there is no trust and, and general polite warmth between you, you know, as low as that is, you don't even have that with that person. So yeah, that's a red flag as well. And you tread carefully. And that brings us neatly full circle to what we started talking about in this episode about sort of what is the right level of, a, of closeness that you should have with people. And you obviously don't want to be that unknown quantity that I talked about at the beginning of the episode and then again just then, because again, it naturally breeds feelings of suspicion and distrust in people around you because they can't put a label on you, they can't categorize you, they can't identify who you are and what you're about. But then again, you also don't want to disclose information that could be used against you. And the information doesn't even have to be extreme information that you tell them. It's not, you know, things that are obviously compromising, but even minorly negative things that bring into question your professionalism or bring into question your character can end up being used against you in the long term, especially 
when when somebody comes to have a problem with you or they or they come to they come to dislike you for whatever reason you know it's in those moments that those pieces of information that you disclosed you know unconsciously and un and in a way that's unaware end up basically coming back to be used against you so to wrap it up how close should you be to the people that you work with well my answer as i said at the very beginning not that close like close in the sense that you are work colleagues close in the sense that you are not an unknown quantity where you know you tell them what you did at the weekend or you tell them a little bit about you know the things that you like to do but not so close where they can have any information about you that could be detrimental towards you because again don't forget you didn't choose to be around these people it's not as though you applied for you all apply because you wanted to be friends it's not as though you you know and also the the litmus the litmus test really for whether whether you are friends or not it's sort of self-evident in the fact that when you leave the workplace or you, and you find a new job and you go somewhere else nine times out of ten you you don't end up being friends with these people you know it's not as though you make an effort or they make an effort to still stay close to you and and we uh, meet up on a weekly basis or once a month and go for lunch or go for drinks no and most of the time when we leave workplaces we say to people you know let's stay in touch we'll definitely stay in touch knowing in our heart of hearts that we're probably not going to stay in touch or sometimes intending to but then as time goes by you realize that actually what you it's not that you were friends because you wanted to be friends it's because you were friends because it was convenient you're friends because you were both in the same place and compared to the other people in there you enjoyed spending time together but that doesn't mean that you are actually friends otherwise you know, people have friends in different countries who they still catch up with and they talk on the phone and they arrange to go and stay in each other's countries, you know, at least once or twice a year, or they make sure to send them emails or text messages. They stay in touch because they actually like that person. It's not situational. It's not, they just happen to have been the same place and they grew close. They, they choose to stay in each other's lives because they're actually friends. With work colleagues, most of the time we don't stay in touch because we were never truly friends in the first place. And remembering that we were never truly friends, you know, in the current context, in your current workplace, you know, can give you the freedom to to know what the right level of closeness is. You know, you can understand that you like that person, you like hanging out with that person, but they don't need to know everything about you. They need to they don't need to have intimate information about you. And also it's liberating, liberating in the sense that you never truly have to become too emotional either way. So. There's no extreme behavior or extreme swings in emotion. You're not going to be overly angered by person by a person or overly hurt by a person if they do something that upsets you because you realize this person is not really your friend. You know, you're both in the same place at the same time doing, you know, working at the same company and that's why you interact with each other, but there should no really there should be no feelings of betrayal because betrayal implies that you are already too deep, you know? Or somebody saying something about you shouldn't upset you too much because ultimately you don't hold them in the category of somebody who can affect your emotional stability or emotional well-being anyway because you're not overly invested you're invested to the right level and that right level being you know this is basically a stranger i see every day who we've both ended up at the same place and we both work together and our work affects each other and that's that's pretty much it it's literally no deeper than that and when you remember that, I think you're able to exercise 
more emotional balance i guess because you're not going to be overly invested either way because again these people are are, they're kind of like strangers to you you know and it allows you to have the proper perspective It, it allows you to be able to separate your work life and your personal life and to give not too much of yourself to work life because they already truth be told get so much of you anyway you know there's no reason why they should also have you emotionally invested the point where you're emotionally destabilized by what people do and think and behave towards you at work you know that's 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 a sign that you have told people too much about yourself or that you have become overly invested in the workplace so thank you so much for tuning in and catch you on the next one